Hey guys, Justin from the Stranger Dangerous Podcast here. Uh, you probably saw, if you follow us on social media, that we lost an episode recently uh, due to kind of my fault with technical issues. I didn't uh, change a setting on my laptop, so I went to sleep like 10 minutes into the episode, and uh, we lost pretty much the entire recording, which really sucks, because it was actually a pretty good episode. Um, but I'm doing this because the show must go on. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of, uh, creepypastas for you guys to enjoy. Um, hopefully this gets released, like, the day before Halloween or something, and you guys can have a, a spooky time listening to this on your way home from work or something, getting ready to pass out candy to trick-or-treaters. Um, so get comfortable and crack open your favorite, uh, October or... Halloween beer or ale. Uh, I'm currently enjoying a Four Peaks Oktoberfest because that was the only October or like pumpkin or Halloween type beer. It's not pumpkin, but you know, I couldn't find any pumpkin beers or Halloween beers or other Oktoberfest beers at my local grocery store, which is bullshit because it's the week of Halloween and there's already like Christmas decorations up at a bunch of stores, which really pisses me off because. Uh, just give, first off, give Halloween a chance. It's not even goddamn Halloween yet. Second off, give Thanksgiving a chance. My God. It's not even November and we're already just saying, fuck that holiday, skip it. We're going to set up Christmas shit now? It's bullshit. It never even had a chance. So, that being said, relax. Get ready to be spooked. Hopefully these kind of creep you out. A couple of them creep me out. Unless you're driving or you're underage, uh, crack open your favorite spooky beer or whiskey or wine or whatever you want to drink or whatever your substance of choice is as long as it's not meth or something um so this first one is called um i I should let you know before i I read it uh i got a lot of these off of like r slash no sleep on reddit um so i will be giving credit to the authors if i can um some of them they're like deleted or you know I got somewhere else and I can't, but, um, so I'm going to read these couple. This one is called, I'm a search and rescue officer for the U.S. Forest Service. I have some stories to tell by search and rescue woods is the username. Um, this is a couple of years old, so let's get right into it. I wasn't sure where else to post these stories, so I figured I'd share them here. I've been an SAR officer for a few years now, and along the way, I've seen some things that I think you guys will be interested in. I have a pretty good track record for finding missing people. Most of the time they just wander off the path or slip down a small cliff and they can't find their way back. The majority of them have heard the old stay where you are thing and they don't wander far, but I've had two cases where that didn't happen. Both bother me a lot and I use them as motivation to search even harder on the missing persons cases I get called on. The first was a little boy who was out berry picking with his parents. He and his sister were together and both of them went missing around the same time. Their parents lost sight of them for a few seconds, and in that time, both kids apparently wandered off. When their parents couldn't find them, they called us, and we came out to search the area. We found the daughter pretty quickly, and when we asked where her brother was, she told us that he'd been taken away by the bear man. She said he gave her berries and told her to stay quiet, that he wanted to play with her brother for a while. The last she saw of her brother, he was riding on the shoulders of the bear man and seemed calm. Of course, our first thought was abduction, but we never found a trace of another human being in that area. 
the little girl was also in insistent that he wasn't a normal man, but that he was all covered in hair like a bear, and that he had a weird face. We searched that area for weeks. It was one of the longest calls I've ever been on, but we never found a single trace of that kid. The other was a young woman who was out hiking with her mom and grandpa. According to the mother, her daughter had climbed up a tree to get a better view of the forest, and she'd never come back down. They waited at the base of the tree for hours, calling her name before they called for help. Again, we searched everywhere, and we never found a trace of her. I have no idea where she could possibly have gone, because neither her mother or grandpa saw her come down. That's a little creepy. Here's a few more stories. Um, this one is, A few times, I've been out on my own searching with a canine, and they've tried to lead me straight up cliffs. Not hills, not even rock faces. Straight, sheer cliffs with no possible handholds. It's always baffling. And in those cases, we usually find the person on the other side of that cliff, or miles away from where the canine had led us. I'm sure there's an explanation, but it's sort of strange. That was not really scary, but it's kind of weird. You know, weird weird things happen in the forest. Um, I'm, I'm going to skip this one, because it's really sad. It's not scary, it's just like, sad. Little girl dies. I'm not a fan of it. Um, here's another one he has. I was teamed up with another SAR officer, because we'd received reports of bears in the area. We were looking for a guy who hadn't come home from a climbing trip when he was supposed to, and we ended up having to do some serious climbing to get where we figured he'd be. We found him trapped in a small crevasse with a broken leg. It was not pleasant. He'd been there for almost two days, and his leg was very obviously infected. We were able to get him into the chopper, and I heard from one of the EMTs that the guy was absolutely inconsolable. He kept talking about how he'd been doing fine. When he got to the top, a man had been there. He said the guy had no climbing equipment, he was wearing a parka and ski pants. He walked up to the guy, and when the guy turned around, he said he had no face. It was just blank. He freaked out and ended up trying to get off the mountain too fast, which is why he'd fallen. He said he could hear the guy all night, climbing down the mountain and letting out these horrible, muffled screams. The story bothered the hell out of me. I'm glad I wasn't there to hear it. This, this one spooked me. One of the scariest things I've ever had happen to me involved the search of for a young woman who'd gotten separated from her hiking group. We were out until late at night because the dogs had picked up her scent. When we found her, she was curled up under a large rotted log. She was missing her shoes and pack, and she was clearly in shock. She didn't have any injuries, and we were able to get her to walk with us back to base ops. Along the way, she kept looking behind us and asking us why that big man with black eyes was following us. We couldn't see anyone, so we just wrote it off as some weird symptom of shock. But the closer we got to base, the more agitated the woman got. She kept asking me to tell him to stop making faces at her. At one point, she stopped and turned around and started yelling into the forest, saying that she wanted him to leave her alone. She wasn't going to go with him, she said, and she wouldn't give us to him. We finally got her to keep moving, and we started hearing these weird noises coming from all around us. It's almost like coughing, but more rhythmic and deeper. It's almost insect-like. I don't really know how else to describe it. When we were within sight of base ops, the woman turns to me, and her eyes are about as wide as I can imagine a human could open them. She touches my shoulder and says, He says to tell you to speed up. He doesn't like looking at the scar on your neck. I have a very small scar on the base of my neck, but it's mostly hidden under my collar, and I have no idea how this woman saw it. Right after she says it, I hear the weird coughing right in my ear, and I just about jumped out of my skin. I hustled her to ops, trying not to show how freaked out I was, but I have to say, I was really happy when we left the area that night. 
that one creeps me out. Just like something you can't see, making noises, and just like, I'm in your ear. And you're like, oh, God, it's creepy. I don't like it. He says, this is the last one I'll tell. It's probably the weirdest story I have. And I don't know if this is true for in every SAR unit, but in mine, it's sort of an unspoken regular thing we run into. You can try asking about it with other SAR officers, but even if they know what you're talking about, they probably won't say anything about it. We've been told not to talk about it by our superiors, and at this point, we've all gotten so used to it that it doesn't even seem weird anymore. On just about every case where we're really far into the wilderness, I'm talking 30 or 40 miles, at some point, we'll find a staircase in the middle of the woods. It's almost like if you took the stairs in your house, cut them out, and put them in the forest. I asked about it the first time I saw some, and the other officer just told me not to worry about it, that it was normal. Everyone I asked said the same thing. I wanted to go check them out, but I was told very emphatically that I should never go near any of them. I just sort of ignore, their, ignore them now when I run into them because it happens so frequently. That was pretty cool. I liked that one. I think I had some good stories. Uh, I liked those ones. They kind of, they didn't, only a couple of them like creep me out. Not too much though. Um, so let's move on. This one is called, It Knows I'm Awake. You might have heard this one before. I think I've read, I've, I've heard this one somewhere before. It sounds familiar, like when I started reading it. It's pretty creepy. Um, the user deleted their account, so I don't, I can't give credit to an author. Uh, but it's pretty good. It's, it's short. So let's get started. I've been lying down for hours now. It's 5.35 a.m. and there's not much I can do. You know what the worst part about my situation is? I'm in the same room with my parents. They keep looking at me, and I can't help but look back and try not to cry or scream. Their eyes are focused on me, and their mouths are wide open. There's a strong scent of blood, and I feel so paralyzed with fear. Here's the thing. The second I make any hint that I'm not asleep anymore, I'm completely fucked. I will die, and there's nobody around to save me. I've been trying to think of a way out, but the only idea I have is to rush for the door and run outside the front door and scream for help, hoping any neighbors hear me. It's risky, but if I stay here, I'll surely die. He's waiting for me to wake up and see his masterpiece. You're probably wondering what's going on. I, get, I do get ahead of myself sometimes. It's kind of like those 90 movies where it's like freeze frame. You're probably wondering how I got into this situation. It's kind of like that. It's a good story, though. About three hours ago, I heard screaming from the other side of the house. I got up and went to check on the noise before realizing I had to use the restroom. Instead of doing the smart thing and investigating, I used the bathroom first. So he just, you know, heard screaming and was like, hold on. Whoever's getting murdered, I gotta pee first. Real, real uh, logical. Instead of doing the smart thing and investigating, I used the bathroom first. I could have got myself killed right then from my stupid actions, but I actually did my business and took a peek outside the bathroom. There's blood on the carpet. I got very worried and ran back to my room, hiding under my sheets like the pussy I was. I tried to convince myself to go back to sleep, that it was just some really vivid dream or something. But I heard my bedroom door open. Like the terrified child I was, I peeked from under my blankets to see what was going on. I could see something dragging my parents into the room. It was not human, I can tell you that. It was hairless, with no eyes and no clothing. It walked like a caveman, with its back slouched as it dragged my parents. But this thing was much smarter than any caveman. It was aware of what it was doing. I propped my dad up on the edge of my bed and made him face me. 
and then sat my mother down in the chair and positioned her towards me as well. It then started rubbing its hands upon the walls, staining them with blood, and then drew a circle with the devil's pentagram in it. Hail Satan. This thing had made what it could probably call a masterpiece. To finish it off, it scribbled a message onto the wall that I could not read in the darkness. It then positioned itself under my bed, waiting to strike. The scariest thing is now, my eyes had adjusted to the darkness since then, and I can read the message on the wall. I don't want to look at it, because it's terrifying to think about, but I feel I need to see before I'm killed. I peek at the creature's masterpiece. I know you're awake. That's that's creepy. I mean, the title gives it away, but it's creepy. Uh, <laughs> I just love that he's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Oh, there's blood everywhere. I'll just go back to sleep. Uh, he's going to die. It's really stupid. This next one is called Some Russian Urban Legends Are Real After All by The Scandalist. Oh, it was actually posted like three weeks ago. That's fairly uh, fairly recent. I didn't know it was that recent the first time we read this. And it got deleted. <clears throat> All right. Let's go. There are not many Russian urban legends. Not that we lack any imagination. I guess our minds are usually occupied with more real horrors to conjure up something unreal. And yet, there's a legend about a creature that dwells on the streets of Moscow. A thing that it can only be met during the dead of night, and at first can be confused by, for a streetlight or a tree, mostly due to how unusually long its limbs are. On the internet, it's known as Polochnik, or Stickman in English. Don't be fooled. Despite having such a dull and uninspired name, I think it's one of the most horrific urban legends, because unlike other myths, this one is very much real. And I'm not saying it because I'm easily influenced by some scary internet stories. I've seen it with my very own eyes, ten years ago, long before other mentions of it started showing up on the web. Back then, I was only fifteen and was still attending school. I was one of the lucky ones in that I lived in the same building as my friend. You're probably thinking of one of those apartment blocks, but in reality it was, and still is, a large building in the form of a circle. As far as I know, it's the only one of that kind in the whole country. There was a large yard with a playground, pedestrian walks, and garages in the middle. He lived across the yard, and our windows overlooked it. So sometimes during the evening, we'd pull out our laser pointers and play a game where we would try to hit each other in the eye. Very Russian. Very Russian game. The laser pointers were not powerful enough to create a beam that would cross the distance without dissipating, but we still liked to pretend that our game mattered. And of course, we would often visit each other to play games on our old Pentiums, with one of us watching and the other one play, hoping that the, the he would fail soon and it would be time to switch places at the desk sorry i stumbled through that one one spring evening i was watching some movie when my phone vibrated almost instinctively i knew it was him we'd get in touch every day and on that particular evening he was still to reach out to me i turned out to be correct i had one new sms message from him i expected him to invite me over or suggest we play counter-strike but his message caught me off guard dude look out the window right now confused i did what he asked me to do I could make out his faint silhouette in a familiar window across the street. I thought I saw him moving, waving his hands, but I couldn't make out what exactly he was trying to do. The phone vibrated again, below, in the yard. Do you see it? I looked down, but I didn't anything worthy of attention. He, he means I didn't see anything worthy of attention. What was all the fuss about? What? I don't see anything. I messaged him back. Thirty seconds later, his reply arrived. There, by the garages. Do you see him? 
And this time I was determined to see what got him so worked up. So I squinted and started looking. The street lights were already on, illuminating the street below with their unwashed yellow light bulbs, so I didn't see him immediately. Street lights, garages, trees. The unfamiliar shape caught my eye. Looking out that window since my birth, I knew every inch down below. So something new would not escape my gaze, even with the lights being so dim. I'm sure my friend noticed him do the to precisely the same reason. He was easy to miss, his long limbs and extremely thin stature making him look almost like a pole, only it couldn't be a man, could it? I looked at the tree next to him to get the reference. There was no mistake. The mysterious figure was at the very least three meters tall. I see it, dude, what is it? I asked, my imagination already going wild. While the childhood side of me wanted to be something creepy so that I could brag about it in school the next day, deep inside I knew that it couldn't be something alive. In my mind, it was most likely some weird installation, and my mind was playing tricks on me, telling me that it was something humanoid. The message had arrived 30 seconds ago wiped the smile from my face. I don't know, man, but you should see it walking. I looked out the window again. The figure was still there. Was my friend messing with me? The figure was in a slightly different position than before. Did you see it move? A new message asked me. No, I didn't. I wrote back. Then, I saw it move. Despite how far away it was, it instantly became clear that it wasn't a person. Its movements were sharp, quick, and fluent at the same time. It wasn't just a step. It was like its limbs simply transitioned from one state to another. Yet even from the distance, I got on how its long, frail legs were bending in too many places, how abnormally it was shifting its weight. Finishing its movement, it froze in place again, completely immobile. I guessed it really was trying to pretend to be a lamppost. My phone beeped again. Did you see it? So cool. I'll go grab my dad's camera. Perhaps the reasonable thing would be to stop him, to tell him not to stick his neck out. But I was a kid, so I had different priorities. Is it digital? I typed in my phone, more concerned whether he'd be able to share the photos. I knew it was something supernatural at that point, maybe even dangerous, but I was high up in my apartment, gleeful about how awesome it would be to show off the photo of that thing in school the next day, and it was down below. How could I even fathom that despite the distance that was between us, it could still pose a threat? How could I know that it could climb the walls? I received another message from my friend. Got it. I looked out the window, and sure enough, his silhouette was back there with a big professional camera in his hands about to make the last photo in his life. Had he known how to operate the camera, he'd figure out that using a flash at such a distance was pointless, but his father forbade him to even touch it, fearing that the boy might damage it by accident. And when he pushed the button, the mighty flash illuminated the entire yard. The creature reacted instantaneously, its head snapping back to look at where the flash was coming from. Then, it started walking backwards toward my friend. Its head still turned 180 degrees. Its knees were flying high up in the air, and its body never turned around as it was walking. Only limbs did, one at a time, without interrupting the creature's pace for a moment. My friend's silhouette disappeared. No doubt he hid from the creature, alerted by its approach. I got a message full of panic from him. Oh shit, I think it saw me. The creature was getting taller with each step. Its legs stretched out, and each step was longer than the last. It was picking up the pace, walking as fast as possible without breaking into a run. When it approached the wall, it grabbed it with its two hands and then in one short leap lifted itself onto it with unnatural ease and started crawling upwards like some four-legged spider. It seemed like gravity didn't bother it in the slightest. I'm in my closet. Is it still there? Was the last message my friend sent me before it crawled through his window. I could only see its shadow as it started quickly moving inside his room. I didn't know what it was doing to him. 
To this day, nobody does. I only know that by the time it was finished, my friend was gone. I remember subtly recognizing its silhouette in the square of his window. I could clearly see it pick something up from the floor. Then it turned its head in my direction, and I fell to the floor, hiding from its sight. It's got its phone, I thought in panic. Surely it couldn't know how to use it, right? It couldn't see that my friend was discussing seeing it was someone. But when I carefully peeked out, the creature wasn't in my friend's room anymore. It was already striding in my direction. The creature gained an unsightly bloated sack under its stomach that was shaking when it was moving. I fell to my knees and quickly crawled out of my room, locking myself in the bathroom. In my panic, I didn't think to call my parents, who were sitting in another room watching some sitcom. I simply couldn't see how they could help in that situation. I spent there a good hour before my father decided to check up on me and, upon entering my room, started angrily demanding that I come out of the bathroom and clear the mess in my room. When I stepped inside, the realization of what had transpired finally surfaced through the shock and I started crying in fear. My father comforted me, but he was very confused. He couldn't understand why my window was open and all the contents of my closet were on the floor. But to me, there was no doubt about it. If I had stayed in the room, if I had, if I had hidden the closet like my friend had, there would be two missing person cases. My friend's body was never found, but I did find out that there were other people like me. That other people on the internet saw it too. There are photos, and even videos. So I know that it's still out there looking for its next meal and probably looking for me so i have to be ready to this day i avoid lamp posts and all trees at night to this day i fear that i might not wake up and to this day despite living on the 11th floor whenever i look at the window i still fear to see its blank face that one was pretty scary um i like it kind of reminds me of slender man there are photos and videos so if you look up uh some russian urban legends are real after all on r slash no sleep on reddit um and go to the post by the scandalist you can go down and there are photos one two and a video and fairly creepy i showed in the original episode i showed the photos in the video to lauren robbie and they were creeped out lauren was freaked out about the video she was like nope don't like that don't like that which i agree i don't like it either um so those are the only ones i read in the original episode uh we didn't read very many because we were on kind of a time crunch and we also were talking between episodes but we will uh we'll get back to the recording booth and we'll try and record another episode fairly soon we released a few episodes in october um we're trying to get on a bi-weekly release schedule uh so we have time to coordinate schedules and uh i have time to edit episodes because uh, the big, big thing is like, Lauren has a family, Robbie has a family, I'm sort of the curator, the, uh, uh, producer slash host of this podcast, so I have to get them together and work around their schedules, and I also have to work around the schedule of, uh, Southwest Crime Podcast, which, if you're interested in a true crime podcast, specifically centering around the southwestern United States, uh, particularly Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and Texas. Um, go ahead and check out uh, Southwest Crime. You can find us at southwestcrime.com. You can also go to strangelydangerous.com and hit the tab at the top that says Southwest Crime, and it'll take you directly to that website. You can listen to it there, um, and you can also listen to it anywhere that you find Strangely Dangerous podcast. So, uh, 
yeah, follow us there if that interests you. Um, you can also please follow us on social media. I post every time we do a new episode. I post every time we do a blog post. And occasionally I'll post like a, a meme or something I found funny and I try and give credit. Um, but forgive me if I, if I don't know the original poster or original creator um, from time to time. But I, w- I will post uh, funny, relatable memes, things about the podcast, um, information new releases, all that stuff. So we are, uh, so we're strangely dangerous on Instagram, Twitter. It's at strangely dangerous, but it's spelled S T R N G L Y D A N G E R U S. It's kind of weird, but it's all that was available. Um, Facebook is strangely dangerous productions. And then of course, strangely dangerous.com for all of our episodes. You can find us on SoundCloud, uh, and Google Play Music and Stitcher, we are trying to find, or excuse me, we're trying to get on iTunes and Spotify right now, but iTunes was really picky about this podcast, like it didn't, for some reason, didn't want to approve this podcast, so I'm working through those bugs, and Spotify is notoriously tough to get on, so we're trying to get on there. Um, when we do, I will obviously shout it out and say that we're on there. I'll post it on social media because I know a lot of you guys like to use Spotify. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say that's it for today. Uh, thanks for joining me. Hope you got creeped out. Hope you enjoyed a nice, uh, Oktoberfest or, uh, pumpkin beer. Um, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Stay spooky. Stay strange. Stay dangerous. Bye. Oh, and uh, by the way, have a very happy Halloween. Bye.